Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. It's Stefan Gondick for our monthly live Finding Love Q&A call. And I've got some questions that have been emailed to me in advance. And I've got people live on the call. And for those of you who are live on the call, uh, you can either raise your hand to be unmuted if you're if you phoned in or if you're online, uh, you know, using the audio connect thing, or you can type in a chat message. And feel free to type in chat messages at any point. You don't have to wait for me to finish talking. Just go ahead and type it in, and then when I get the right moment, I will read it out loud and and respond to it, um, you know, with my voice rather than typing back. All right. I just want to make sure that people can hear me. So if you're online, you can hear me. Can you type in the chat? Yes. And just let me know that you can hear me okay. Actually, I'm going to call. I'm going to call one person to see if that person can hear me here. Hi there. I just want to check in. Can you hear me? Hi, I can hear you. I'm just not online. I'm on my phone. Okay. Um, okay, that's great. Um, actually, as long as I have you, if you're willing, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but if you have a question, I'd be happy to answer it now. Or if you just want to listen to the answers to the questions, you can, we can do that. Sure. I actually um, emailed a question, and it was, I because I've been working with you privately, and I signed up for the class, but I find that I'm a... I'm going out on dates or I'm on hinge with people that I'm not physically attracted to. Mm -hmm. And in the past when I've been with my boyfriends, it's been a common thing. Like my best friends have said, like, I don't understand why you're with them. Okay. Like more on, like I don't go out with guys that I'm physically attracted to. And I feel like it's something to keep it safe. And looking back at my mom and dad, I always had that feeling growing up, like, why is my mom with my dad? Like, I just thought she was so beautiful and kind and sweet. And not that he was unattractive, he was just kind of like an asshole. And I just never got it and found that I'm repeating that, like, in the physical. Um, well, and you actually, of- <laughs> you, well, it was, what was the last thing you just said? I said, oh, I'm part of my language. <laughs> it's okay, not a problem. So you actually kind of answered your own question already, and that is that it feels well. There's two answers. One, your you know your mother and father modeled that for you, but the other is is what you said is to feel safe. One of the when we have uh, you know some big fears and limiting beliefs around being with our our ideal partner, we are going to do things that will help us feel safe. And a very, very common one is to be with someone we're not really that attracted to. Um, but there can, and there's other examples of that because I never did that particular one, but I did other ones where I was, it might have been, a, you know, I might have been with a woman that I did find very physically attractive, but I knew there was something missing with her that would 
preclude us ever working out in the long run, right? And I would know that from the very beginning, right? Entering into the relationship, I would know that there's a big enough thing missing that this is never going to work out. So then you'd even ask yourself, well, so why do it at all, right? And the, the why do it at all is I, I did want to have at least a girlfriend, right? Like I didn't want to have nothing, but I was too scared to be with the kind of woman I really wanted to be with. So this was my middle ground to be safe is I'm with some woman that, yeah, you know, uh, there's something missing with her that means that we'll never work it out in the long run. And therefore, of course, I'm going to feel safe. It's not going to work out in the long run. Does that make sense? It does because I, I mean, I'm finding myself, I'm going to do that tonight. I matched with this guy on Hinge, really nice. He's a chef. Like he keeps texting, like real, I can tell this person's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I can just tell that I'm not physically attracted to him. And I'm like, God, I'm doing this again. Yeah. Cause I was really working on the belief that like, I can't have both. Cause in the past, like guys I was physically attracted to, I knew they weren't the right person to me for me. Right. Exactly. And I'm just trying to mesh the two together. Right. And what I would suggest is that it's a little too soon that you, there's, there's enough fears and limiting beliefs that you haven't worked through yet. That it's going to be really hard to do that yet. Okay. My, my recommendation actually would be to kind of hold off on dating for a bit until you address those. So I think it'd be really great to address the thing with your mom and dad mm-hmm. and then, and then start really focusing in on what are the biggest fears and limiting beliefs around being with your ideal partner? Did you do that the ideal partner exercise yet? I did, and I've edited a bunch and like keep rewriting different things. Okay. And w- just one big fear or one big negative belief can be sufficient to block you. I mean, we always we we'll all start with lists of both, two lists, right? A list of fears, a list of negative beliefs. Um, yeah. and, then, and then we start, you know, working through each one, but if there's one really big one, you know, it's like an eight, nine or 10, that can be enough to block us. And so that we're not ready to go forward. Like I had this really big one that, so the, the exercise is actually in, in multiple phases. The first phase is just imagine meeting the person. The second phase, mm-hmm. the second scenario that you kind of try and check in about is being, having been with the person like eight months, say. The third phase is either you or the other person proposes marriage. And then the fourth scenario is you've been married for, you know, like seven or eight years. So you want to do all four scenarios and notice what comes up in each case. Um, I used to just do the the meeting one. And then later on, I realized that, whoa, that that doesn't uncover all of the fears and negative beliefs. So one of the, the negative beliefs I had had to do with the marriage one. And so that came up with the under the proposal scenario. And my marriage fear was that once I had this this really entrenched belief, and it wasn't logical, but I, it was in me, that once I got married, I would lose all independence and I would have to do everything that my wife wanted me to do. And I would have to stop doing anything she didn't want me to do. And that's not a, a happy view of marriage, right? <laughs> that's the way it's going to be. No. Right, like losing yourself. Lose, right, exactly. Be, be losing myself is, is exactly right. And as long as I had that belief, there was no way that I was ever going to get married, which means there was no way I would ever be with a person where there was the chance of getting married, which means I would never be with a person who would be really great, right? Because that's the kind of person to be a chance of marriage with. So until I address that, that negative false belief, 
um, I could never be with a woman that I thought would be really great because it'd be too risky. Of course, that wasn't my only block. I had a bunch of them, but that was you know, a very clear, concrete example. So as long as we have these I, big fears and negative beliefs, it's very hard to be with the right person. Yeah, what are you going to say? It's interesting because I was listening to you as you were saying each phase. And you were, and the first one was like meeting that person. And all of a sudden I just felt myself get like nervous and like shrink and get shy. Yes. And I'm not a shy yes. person. Yes. And, that's and with the, these and, men that I'm not physically attracted to, it's like I'm just larger than life in myself. Exactly. Right. You're feeling your full confident <laughs> self because yeah. there's no risk here. Right. Because deep down, you know, this is not a guy I could ever stay with. Yeah. Right. I could be with him for a while, but I'm not going to be fully into it. Right. So it's feel safe. You feel protected. And the same with the guys you're really attracted to that you know otherwise are not the right kind of guy for you. It's the same thing. It feels safe. So one case you get to have, you know, juicy sex life for the second category. In the other case, you, you get to have a nice relationship, but not very good sex. And the safety is from the big missing piece. In one case, the big missing piece is I'm not attracted to the guy. The other big, in the other case, I'm attracted, but the big missing piece is that's really the only thing that's there. Is <laughs> like I'm attracted to him, and you know, everything else is missing. So either way, there's this big missing piece that guarantees that it's not going to work out, <clears throat> which feels safe. Kind of depressing, but it right. feels safe, right? And it's it's really interesting. Like I look back on like my life, and I've always I've been in the wrong relationship which fulfilled like that, my like sex life. But then I always had a guy best friend that I wasn't attracted to and fulfilled all like the best friend parts. It's weird. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's like well, my again, mind was tricky that I like got both of my needs, but from like two different people. Right. Which ultimately is not very satisfying. No, because I but, just you know, want to mesh it into one. Yeah. Right. And we always lament. It's like, oh, if I could only just put those two guys together, then it'd be, then I'd be all set. But the truth is you can put these two guys together, but you're not, you're too scared to. Okay. Right. But once you clear your fears and, and any limiting beliefs, then it's not going to feel scary anymore. And then boom, you'll be able to do it. And it won't even be hard. Okay. That's why I recommend either not dating right now or taking the high road, which is, okay, I'm not going to date guys that I'm not attracted to. And I'm not going to date guys that I am attracted to where that's all that's there. You know, I'm going to hold okay. out for somebody where it at least feels like there's really great potential here. I mean, you can never know until you've actually start dating, but you know, I want to, I want to feel right from the beginning that I'm both physically attracted and the guy seems great. And then I'll go on a date with him and I'm not willing to do anything else. Okay. That's what I would recommend, if you're willing. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. So I'm going to uh, switch to one of the email questions. And feel free to ask another question. Just raise your hand if you want it, if you have any other questions. Okay, thank you so much. I'm actually asked to head into work in like 20 minutes. But I'm so glad that you um, unmuted me and we got a chance to talk. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You're very welcome. All right, so take care. So I'm going to go too. ahead and thank mute. You. Thanks. So I'm going to mute you ahead again. All right. So we have um, a few emails in questions. So I'm going to start with the first one. The first one said, it goes like this. It's a woman who writes this. 
She says, um, when you say that people that are the most sexy to us are the ones that have our parents' negative traits, does it mean the kisses will always be better with those people? And can tapping change that energetic connection? All right. So this is the what you're talking about is actually one of the, the key premises of, of the work that I do, which is, yes, we all start in this place where people with the, the worst negative traits of our parents are the sexiest people on the planet for us, which, yes, in that situation does mean that the kisses with those people will always be the best. That's how we start. But that's not how we end up. Otherwise, we'd be pretty doomed, right? What we need to do is heal those experiences of that parent's negative trait. And we have to heal, you know, like three to five example memories of that negative trait in the way that we do in the program, right? The program is designed to help heal in the right way those experiences so that we stop being attracted to people with the worst negative traits of our parents. That's the whole point of the program, right? That's the whole, that's, that's the biggest, I mean, there's really two big parts of the program. That breaking out of these negative attraction patterns, which is what we're talking about. And the second one is the thing I was just talking about with the person right before this question, which is to clear out the fears and limiting beliefs that prevent us um, from being with our ideal partner, right? So that's not just talking about with the prior person. But in this case, you know, the first step is we want to stop being attracted to people with the negative traits of our parents so that they stop being the sexiest people on the planet for us and, the, and their kisses stop feeling the best. Once you finish that that part, once you once you successfully break free from being attracted to people with the worst traits of our parents, those people will no longer be the sexiest people on the planet for us. And instead, we will feel an aversion and a mild disgust towards those people that have the worst traits of our parents. And kissing them will no longer feel the best. We will it'll feel yucky. Like, Ugh, why would I want to kiss somebody like that? Yucky. <laughs> right. So so that's the good news is that even though, sure, it starts that way, that's how we all feel at the beginning. Once you do the healing of those negative traits, you will no longer be attracted to those people. And uh, and you will then be start being attracted to your ideal partner, the, the, the person who has everything you're looking for in a partner. And once you've you know, done that, you just then you have to clear the fears and negative beliefs. And then once you've done that, da, 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 you're there. <laughs> and then the only thing left is just using the law of attraction to help speed up meeting the right person. Um, but that's the relatively easy part, really. The first two are the, are the big ones. <clears throat> okay, so that's the answer to that question. If anybody online uh, has a question, you know, feel free to raise your hand uh, or use the chat. Um, and if not... Um, and I think it's if you're on the phone, it's like star two, the talk. Um, I don't remember exactly. But otherwise, uh, let's, I'll go ahead and answer the next question. So the next question is a two-part question from, I think it's a guy, but I'm not totally sure. Um, so this person writes, I want to ask two questions. The first one is, how do I address my self-sabotage? I feel like it is not okay to be happy. And every time I, I am happy, some bad things tend to happen. Okay, so now this is an interesting question. It's, 
in a way, it's sort of not about a love life question, but in a way, it is about a love life question. Because if you feel like it's so, the way it's not about a love life question is that this is a, a kind of a general belief that it's not okay for me to be happy. So, that would be a general belief that's not specific to a love life. But of course, finding the right partner would certainly be a big example of being happy, right? So, in that case, it is a love life issue. So, there is some kind of messages and or experiences that you had growing up that made you feel like it wasn't okay to be happy. And there can be a lot of different sources of that. So I'm gonna, I'll try and think of some examples, but you're the one who's gonna know what happened to you that made you feel like it wasn't okay to be happy. So here, one example is that when you were happy, you it seemed to you that somebody else in the family would be unhappy. So for instance, sibling rival would be an example of that. You know, if you have a sibling, and if you're if you something good happens to you, uh, let's say you get good grades or you get some sort of something good, and then your your you know your sibling, your brother or sister, acts all you know unhappy that you're that you had the success, then you'll have this feeling like oh when I'm happy it hurts my sibling. It could even it could even be with a parent. Sometimes we'll have a needy parent or an unhappy parent that when we're happy, it brings out their unhappiness. So that'd be another example. So if I'm happy, my mother or my father acts more unhappy, right? So that'd be an example, one example uh, where we would, our, um, it, fe it feels like our being happy is not okay because it makes somebody else unhappy. So that'd be an example. Another example would be um, in, ex in situations where I was happy, uh, I would get yelled at. So an example of that is, you know, if you think about a little kid, a little kid, uh, a, the joyful state of a little child is often loud, right? When, it, when a young child is in a state of joy, they might squeal with delight or they might yell or they might run around or things like that. And so for some people, when they're in a state of maximum happiness as a young child, they'll get yelled at because for some reason their parent um, doesn't is not understanding of the fact that uh, when a little kid, and when I say little, I mean like three, four, five years old, they're not understanding that that kid uh, is going to be loud when they're happy, right? And they'll get upset at their kid, and the kid gets a message that it's not okay. I mean, the so the parents' message is you know don't be so loud, but the kid's interpretation is it's not okay to be joyful or happy. Right? They don't realize it's just the volume that's bothering their parent. Now, ideally, the parent is okay with a kid squealing in delight or yelling or, or running around or something like that, like because the kid's happy and it makes the parent happy to see their child happy. Right? So, but un unfortunately, some parents aren't are not understanding and and they they will yell at their kids when their kids are being joyfully loud. So there can be. So what you want to do is you want to look for those experiences you had as a young child that gave you the feeling that it wasn't okay to be happy. Ironically, a parent probably doesn't feel that way. Like, sure, of course I want my child to be happy. I just don't want them to be loud, <laughs> right? Not realizing that for a child, those two things go together. Right? You can't really separate it. Um, but they probably, you know, or you know, want their children to be happy. But there's things that can happen as a child where we end up feeling like it's not okay to be happy. So once you identify those, you can use those as your memories when you're doing 
the healing sessions. Remember, the memory you work on does not have to be similar to the memory that the person in the audio is working on. Right? That's the borrowing benefits thing. Is the way we do that, just to remind you, is you replay your own memory in your mind. You rate it how painful it is on a scale of zero to ten in that moment. Right. So in the moment you replay it, how painful is it today? And you write down your number, and then you let it go and you tap along with the session in the recording. And then you go back and you check in to see um, how painful your memory is. And lots of times you'll 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 experience that the pain of your memory goes down dramatically. And if there's anything left at the end, is you can do some tapping to you know finish clearing out your own memory, and that will make a really big difference um, around your negative belief that it's not okay to be happy. Um, now, when you say every time I'm happy, some bad things tend to happen. Well, uh, if you if you clear out the negative experiences that made you feel like it wasn't okay to be happy. Um, I think you're going to find that that's less likely to happen. Um, if every time you're happy as a child, something bad happened afterwards, then that could be your experience, and that that could be what links the two together. That you know, when I'm happy, then afterwards this bad thing happens. Just look for some example memories of that and make that your memory. So that would be an, another way of addressing that. Um, Let's see. And the second question you had was, how do, how do I open my capacity to receive good things? So I think that um, I think they, those two things go together, right? If it's not okay to be happy, then it's not okay to receive good things because if you receive a good thing, that's going to help you feel happy, right? But it's not okay to feel happy, right? So then it's becomes kind of a vicious cycle that you know it's not okay for me to receive good things because that would make me happy and it's not okay to be happy so that might take if you address the not okay to be happy thing um that might really take care of this for you and it will address the second thing um the other thing to look at in case that doesn't do it is you know what happened in your family when you received something good and you know, was there some problem? Again, it might be somebody else got upset when you receive something good, or but we'll let, you know, whatever it is, you know, you might have had both experiences. That if you're just happy for something, then you know that caused some kind of problem, and you want to heal that. Or if you received a good thing, that caused a problem. I can easily imagine that being the case with a sibling, where if you're happy, the sibling might you know have a negative reaction to it or if you if you received a good thing they might have a negative reaction the negative reaction by the way could be that they seem unhappy and you don't want them to be unhappy or they might have actually attacked you like you know if you're happy you know you have some success and you're happy your sibling could attack you and say you know you're not so great you know you think you're so great you're not so great and they and they like you know like literally you know verbally attack you in some way so that could be what it was, you know. Without talking to you directly, I, I don't know what your personal experiences were, but whatever it is, you you had some sort of negative experiences as a result of being happy and as a result of receiving good things. So you just want to heal example memories of that of those things happening, and that should um, really help a lot. All right. So this actually was the last of the emailed in questions. So we're down to. Um, just the people who are live on the call. So if you have 
a question, you know, raise your hand and I'd be delighted to ask it, yeah, answer to me. So if you have, uh, as I was saying, if you have a question, uh, some new person just jumped on. So if you have a question, uh, I'm, I've run out of questions that were mailed in. So if you have a question, this is your chance to ask it and I'd be delighted to answer it um, or we'll be ending the call. So um, raise your hand if you have a question or type it in the, in the chat. Um, and I'll be happy to answer you. All right, so this is actually what I'm experiencing is this one person who keeps coming on the call and then dropping off the call, and then on the call and then dropping off the call. So I'm not sure if they're running into a technical difficulty. Since they've tried multiple times, I'm guessing they really want to be on the call. Um, so I'd just like to give them a chance to get back on because remember I said somebody new came on, it was actually that person who's, that was, that was like the third time they were on. So I'm just gonna give them another minute, see if they come back on again. And uh, hopefully they can communicate with me. Um, otherwise, we'll go ahead and, and end this call. So anyway, I'm just gonna give it one more minute and see what happens here. Hopefully they'll be able to make it. Uh, in the meantime, let me just kind of give some closing thoughts. So we're not just sitting here waiting. So, uh, you know, in earlier, one of you know the first two questions basically, I talked about, you know, the primary, the two main purposes of this program, right? The first one is to uh, clear out your negative attraction pattern. But there's something really important about that that I want to say, and that is uh, the concept of of a reference person, because we want to be able to track whether when we have succeeded in breaking free of our negative attraction pattern, right? So how do we know <clears throat> when we've broken free? And the best way to know, if possible, is with what I call a reference person. A reference person is somebody in, in, in your life, either in, from the past in your life or currently in your life, that you know fits your negative attraction patterns, right? They're a good example of your negative attraction pattern. And your mind might tell you that, okay, it'd be really bad to get involved with this person, <clears throat> but in spite of that, you have this gut level attraction to this person. And this gut level attraction is, you know, represents your negative attraction pattern, right? So what you want to do is feel into your gut level attraction, totally disregard your mental analysis, and just measure on a scale of zero to 10 how intense that your, your gut level attraction is to this reference person and write it down. And ideally be a high number to start. And then after, you know, every time you do like say three or four healing sessions, check back in and see what your gut level attraction is. And what you should experience is that your gut level attraction will keep getting less, right? Maybe it starts out as a nine and then you check in, it goes to a six and you check in again, it goes to a three, check in again, it goes to a one and you check in again, it's like a zero. When it gets to zero, not only will you not no longer have attraction to that person, but it will, you'll probably also experience a mild repulsion or, or kind of yucky feeling like, Ugh. so when you get to zero and you have a negative, mild negative response to that person, then you know that you have completely uh, broken free of your negative attraction pattern and you're done with that part. And then what, when you, then what you want to do is focus on, you know, clearing your, remaining fears and negative beliefs around being with your ideal partner. 
Because once you're done with that, you're all set, right? You've healed everything you need to heal. And then it's just a matter of using the law of attraction to um, meet that person faster. All right, so while I was talking about all that, that person who's been coming on and off came on and off. <laughs> so um, sadly, there's something going on with that person who's they're not able to be on the call with us. Um, so what I'll tell that person, I'm hoping you've listened to the recording, is next time uh, email me your questions in advance. And you know, ideally, you can get on the call and we can talk with each other directly. But that way, at least I will have answered your questions. Um, and you can listen to the recording to get the answers. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop the recording here and uh, keep tapping everyone, keep clearing your blocks, and you will be able to find and be with your ideal partner, your soulmate. And I'll see you guys on the next call. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.